Greetings and welcome to Fresh Text. Fresh Text is a weekly podcast when a couple pastor scholars get together and dig into the Word of God using a seasonally appropriate scripture passage. My name is John Drury, and I am Professor of Systematic Theology and Spiritual Formation for Wesley Seminary at Indiana Wesleyan University. My guest this week is a threefold guest a panel, the four of us, uh, Amanda Drury, Absin Joseph, and Larissa Levicheva. Uh, Larissa and Mandy are regular uh, guests on the show. Absin has been on before, and we're trying to do a, a little panel, uh, four of us around the table. So we gave that a try this week and hope you enjoy it. As you may know, uh, Amanda teaches uh, practical theology and youth ministry uh, for the School of Theology Ministry here at Indiana Wesleyan University, and Absin is the dean and a professor of New Testament at Wesley Seminary alongside me and Laura as well, who is professor of Old Testament at the seminary with me as well. So yeah, our text this week is Exodus chapter 20, Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 21, Exodus chapter 20. Verses 1 through 21. As you're listening to the show, make sure that you subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And while you're listening, if you're really enjoying it, make sure to click on the share uh, button on your podcast player app of choice so that you can pass on this episode to others through a private message or social media or whatever you choose so that others can enjoy the show as well. Uh, We hope that this show will be enjoyable and edifying for you. And so enjoy the show and this conversation with Mandy, Lara, and Absin. All right, let's do it. Who wants to? Who wants, I mean, I have all these traditions in place when I'm with one other person, so this is like a new thing. So, so. you want to each read parts of it? Cast lots. Yeah, let's read around. Let's go one verse at a time, like Bible study style, right? (laughs) But they don't have the same versions, that's okay. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll make it even, that'll be more fun. But I think we'll figure out the verse. Yeah. Yeah, let's try it. Let's try it, Mandy. We'll start with you since it was your idea. All right. You ready, Absin? Okay. (laughs) Exodus 20. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Do not make an idol for yourself, no form whatsoever, of anything in the sky above, or the earth below, or in the waters under the sea. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. Punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and treat it as holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or even the sojourner who is with you in your gates. 
For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, so that your life will be long on the fertile land that the Lord God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. Do not testify falsely against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled and they stood far off. And said to Moses, speak to us yourself. And we will listen, but do not have God speak to us, or we will die. Moses said to the people, Don't be afraid, because God has come only to test you and to make sure you are always in awe of God so that you don't sin. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to to God. God. Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks for this opportunity to gather around with uh, friends and fellow students of the Word to study your scriptures and to share thoughts and ideas uh, for each other's edification and for the edification and equipping of all of our listeners in whatever walk of life you have placed them. And so we ask, Lord, that we would be granted a portion of your spirit during this hour to be faithful interpreters of your word for the sake of your church and your world. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, here we are. So what's grabbing you? We've, of course, know this text rather well, I imagine, but uh, at, at a fresh hearing and a fresh reading this evening, um, what are you noticing? What's grabbing your attention? I'm always struck by how verses 13 through 16 are just one sentence. Mm, yeah. You get these big explanations, uh, clarifying mm. statements, and then you get to these and it's just, you know, did he run out of steam? Did he forget? <laughs> <Is> there... <laughs> are these just so obvious that we don't need anything else there? Actually, in the Hebrew, it's called the 10 words. Hmm. That's, yeah. that's a term that's used to describe it, which is why they call it the Decalogue. So that okay. in the Hebrew, it's like just the 10 words, like the, the utterances. that The 10 written. sayings, mm-hmm. as it mm. were. Yeah. Yeah, and so they the, the variety in length is striking. You get one short one up top mm-hmm. in verse 3, but uh, whether that's the second or the first is, yeah. Yeah, those are so tiny. They're even tinier in Hebrew, right? I mean, they're just mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. boom, boom. It's like <laughs> no and a verb. Two words. Yeah. <laughs> they're just two words. So they're they're even significantly shorter in the original. Also, um, it is God speaking to the whole yeah. people, right? To mm-hmm. to to all of them. Even though in nineteen, in chapter nineteen, at the end of it, we read about who is supposed to go up the mountain, who is not supposed to come close, right? Only Moses goes up, and it sounds like it's just. God talking to Moses, but that's not mm-hmm. what we actually see here. <laughs> yeah. 
because actually, the whole people hear yeah, actually, and respond. It's good that you mentioned that because at the beginning here it says, "Then God speak uh, spoke these words, all these words." Mm-hmm. Up to this point, Moses is the mediator. In many places, when when God is speaking to the children of Israel, He speaks through Moses, and Moses shares it to them. In this one, God speaks directly mm-hmm. to the children of uh, Israel as He as He gives them this, which is going to be very interesting because the tradition is going to say it's the law of Moses. Even Jesus Christ in John seven will say, "Didn't Moses give you yeah. the law?" But here, God speaks to them directly, not through Moses. But is it, it's still at a distance, though, right? So, I mean, I'm looking at verse 24. Where God says, but the priests and the people must not force their way through to come up to the Lord or he will break out against them. So is this God's God's voice is just so loud Uh that they're hearing it from. Yeah, that's always how I took it. I mean, I'm willing to have that be corrected, but the it says they were afraid. I mean, it says when the people saw the thunder and flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, implying they're off the mountain. He's heading they, up. Yeah, they're off the mountain. And he hasn't like headed all the way up for the long journey that's still to come. Mm-hmm. He takes Joshua mm-hmm. up. And you're right about this mediation, the scene of God speaking to him, other than the burning bush scene. Mm-hmm. It's mostly just you just take it for granted that. And it could be that is he in some kind of prophetic trance? Mm-hmm. Is, he, is it is it through dreams? How it's how these words are getting mm-hmm. to him is mm-hmm. left a little unsaid. Mm-hmm. Because here it's super straightforward. Yeah. He's the audience, but only as a representative, and they're all it's all kind of booming out. And it's I love it because they're like, uh, could you have God talk to you, mm-hmm. and then you talk to us? Yeah. It's kind of like that's what we've been trying to do for the last <laughs> twenty chapters. Yeah. Right, right. I'm glad to know you finally endorse it. <laughs> So, but but are they hearing God's voice? I think that's what's implied. That's right? what's right. implied. So, so what are they expecting to hear afterwards? Then, when they're saying, "Speak to speak to us yourself, and we will listen." Don't have God speak to us. Is this don't have, have God speak quieter. to us anymore? Talk quieter. Look from now on. Well, I think hmm. seeing the thunder and lightning and trumpet call and all that is a little too much to bear. It's too scary. When Moses speaks to them it's like one of them mm-hmm. right so it's much easier to relate to what's your is there something behind your question that i'm not tracking so so these people they actually from what we read here heard the voice of god themselves mm-hmm. so they they hear from thundering it themselves from the thundering mm-hmm. from the mountain uh and then and then they tell moses yeah we don't want to get any closer you speak is it you speak from now on because that was terrifying and we don't want to go through that again how else would we take it? Well, that's that's what I'm wondering. Is that I think is so? That, okay, okay. Yeah, I think it's uh, or we will die, right? Do not have God speak to us, or we will die. Yeah. But God did just speak to them. So is it if He speaks any more to us? Does that make I think sense? yeah. I yeah. think it's the it's the it's the reaction of it's the reaction of it, which I think again is the up to this point the the mediation. It's the first time they're experiencing him in terms of how that, how that actually, um, how, how that looks like. And, um, and Moses then will comfort them, you know, don't be afraid because God has only come, God has come only to test you and to make sure that you're always in awe of God so that you don't sin. So it's really God showing himself to them. And um, I, I don't want to divert from this, but it kind of reminds me of the shepherds. They they see the angels, mm. and then they freak out. Huh. And it's like, ah, oh, don't be afraid. 
Because mm-hmm. I'm only bringing good news. So it's that similar idea of them experiencing something that is so mm. out of this world, pun intended. Yeah. And then... I think it's helpful, though, that there's a pattern of revelation. So, of course, the angels then... It, then it gets in, it gets even more intense. They uh-huh. all join in this thing. And then it disappears. <laughs> it is, yeah. They don't come with him to the manger. Mm-mm. It's now mediated. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So unless I'm hearing, cause I'm not hearing a multiple choice, I'm hearing, is it this? Yes or no? Like sure. true or false yeah. question yeah. from you? So I'm, I'm wondering what the alternative reading is other than, I mean, obviously they're not asking him to go back in time and have him not speak. So right. Right. Clearly they mean no longer. Or were you meaning to imply that? They didn't hear anything. They just saw anything. You were wondering if that might be what's the text. I think that's, texts how, are that's, written. How, that's how I always imagined it. Okay. That, that they didn't hear the voice. They just saw what, all that was going on. Had, because because even here, uh, verse 18, when the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet, it doesn't say anything about hearing his voice. So was his voice not scary to hear, but the sound effects were? <laughs> I, don't have the, I don't have the exact psalm, but this is the way... For God is described. Your voice is like the sound of many waters. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Psalm twenty nine. That's that's the way it's described. Like the, the the thunder and lightning. Again, just my brain is making those connections. When 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 Elijah when Elijah after Mount Carmel and uh, he he went through his depression. Everybody's mm-hmm. died. Is everybody's dead? Only I stayed. And then God now is going to him going to meet him and God is like shifting his idea of who he is. Hmm. What we see is all of the things in which the ways in which God has shown up before there was a fire and thunder, but God wasn't there. There was this, Hmm. all of those previous revelations. And then the next thing happens, there was this still quiet voice. It's the very first time in the old Testament you hear just still quiet voice. Hmm. And that's when he and God met. So that that dis- description usually is that a revelation, the fire, thunder, and lightning, is usually what's used as uh, in terms of what he speaks through. I think I you're wonder. making a really important observation, though, man. It does not say heard his voice. That doesn't mean it's not, because yeah, you can't yeah, make yeah. a mountain out of an absence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I do remember as a child thinking, I remember this story being that, like, God gave the Ten Commandments first orally. And that it terrified the people. Janetta Herrera would told it this way. I remember like, you know, orally with all this smoke and fire. And it was like, and, and I remember her doing it like, the, like it was muffled. Like they couldn't, like they were overwhelmed by it. It's not like they were sitting there. Oh, okay. Do not this, do not that. Like it was the experience overwhelmed the, the, the verbiage yeah. such that like for the people, the later coming by way of tablets is when it starts to become clearer, but it's that then confirms it. Cause these aren't yeah. the tablets yet and it's <laughs> God speaking. So yeah, God is speaking to them. That's different than them understanding it or yeah. hearing it again. That's part of the structure of revelation. Sure. And they don't know that there's only 10 commandments. Maybe they're saying stop because they think there's 10 more to come. There's more to come. But so even, stop. We don't stop. want 11, 12, 13. Because this is too much for us. Yeah. But just again, to, to combine the points that you're making and what John is saying, in Deuteronomy, when this is being rehearsed, right? This is what Moses says in Deuteronomy 5. The Lord spoke with you face to face on the mountain from the very fire itself. <laughs> At that time, I was standing between you and the Lord. 
declaring to you the Lord's of the, the words of the Lord's word because you were terrified of the fire and didn't go yeah. up the mountain. Yeah. So okay. there's a little bit of both happening okay. here, and um, which shows there may be some. This was an interpretive question yeah. already before the mm-hmm. yeah the, the Torah was closed. Yeah. What are you thinking over but there? But I'm also thinking that it it is. It is such an important moment in the history of the people that everyone has to experience that. They they always have that moment to go back to. So it's never, well, Moses, God talked to you only. Mm -hmm. And what we heard was what you told us, not what God told us. So there is never a moment when that is true. So what in Deuteronomy is, uh, you just said, Moses says, you heard... Right, yeah. so even though they were not there, but the point is, it is such an important point. It's a defining moment for the people that yeah. they had to experience it, even if they not fully understood what was going on or heard the exact words. And the Hebrew too, the you there is singular. Right. So we usually make when we talk about Paul, the you is communal. Right. Uh huh. Here, all the yous are singular. Huh. Okay. So even within the okay. community, it's it's each person individually <laughs> no that God is uh, that God is talking to huh. in terms of these these things here. Okay. Yeah. And then from from the old, like throughout the Old Testament, from this point on and into the New, right? Every time when the Day of the Lord is mentioned, right, there is thunder and lightning. Yes. And, but it's because of this moment, people know when it's thunder and when it's lightning. Basically, everybody can see it. Everybody can experience it. Even the trumpet, right? right which so becomes a theme, too, in the New right. Testament especially. So that's uh, everybody will experience God the way the Israelites experience that. And, and it serves as a deterrent from anyone who would try to usurp Moses' power. Yeah, I think that's right. a sort of yeah, secondary Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't want to be the one to... Yeah, it's, it's doing fine. both. It's both saying... This isn't just Moses. This is for you. Right. Directly for me. But at the same time saying, mediator is a good thing. It's pretty scary to work with <laughs> naked face to face with God. Would you rather <laughs> have someone to kind of translate things for you? Yeah, no, I would agree with you on that. Yeah. Do not fear for God has come only to test you so that you may be filled with awe so that the fear of him may be before you that you may not sin. I love it. It's like, obviously the commandments are oriented towards not sinning, Mm -hmm. but it's not, here's some information that you can apply to your life for avoiding sin. Mm -hmm. There's a revelation of Mm -hmm. the divine presence Mm -hmm. that strikes enough terror to take seriously these words, but also then makes the whole journey of tablets and mediation Mm -hmm. and everything that comes in the rest of the book (laughs) all of that is an act of grace to say i'm not gonna i'm not gonna unleash this you know this terror like nonstop. (laughs) in later on even when when they got into real trouble god is like if i go with you i'm just gonna wipe them off (laughs) it's like i'll just send my angel because they'll be safe. <laughs> Send so mom, that- not dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hi, John. Okay. <laughs> stereotypes, stereotypes. I know. I'll try to live up to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is great. This is great uh, first round. Let's take a break and come back and dig in a little deeper.
and we're back. Welcome back to Fresh Text. I'm here with Barisa and Absin and Amanda, our first time with a four-person panel. It's so much fun. <laughs> and we're looking at Exodus chapter 20, uh, verses 1 through 21. So what are some, I mean, we've already engaged some interpretive questions. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you want to go with this? What What do we want to attend to? I, I, I'm inclined to say we really focused a bit on the sort of narrative framing, which I'm glad we did. So maybe it's time to turn maybe to some of the content of the, the commands. That would be my suggestion, but I don't have an agenda other than that. Anything you'd like to point out? I mean, two, there, there are, I think I'm right, there are only two of the commands that are positive. Everything else is uh-huh. what not to do. And again, in, in the Hebrew, the negative command is just very, very, like, don't even think about it. Like, just very, very stern. Um, and then the one is, remember the Sabbath day and treat it as holy, because I do a lot of intertextuality, so one of the things that I think is very interesting here is that here, the reason for the Sabbath in, in Exodus, it's the reason that's given is creation. Mm-hmm. God made creation and then rest. In Deuteronomy 5, when yeah. Moses is retelling it, the reason that's given is the Exodus. Because he's provided huh. rest to them. So it's very interesting in terms of interpretation so that even the reality of the people in terms of what's happened, just kind of some of the nuances there, which I find very fascinating because by then it's not just this is what you're having because of what God has done, but this is what you are having need to do because of what God has done for you. Mm-hmm. And ah, kind of, oh, okay. kind of, kind of already you've got them drawing into that relationship and becoming more attuned to who God is because they are, they are not a people yet until this covenant. They're being made into that. So then in Deuteronomy, then they can rehearse and rethink more about the implication of that. Yeah. We don't have to camp out on Sabbath, although I'm happy to, if you want to, but one, one thought to add to that is it occurred to me one time that since Deuteronomy is framed as the kind of, Right before going into the land, it would seem to me that the temptation to become oppressors mm-hmm. yourselves, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because the Sabbath commands very explicitly, not just I am supposed to rest, get you're supposed to grant rest to your children uh, and your animals. Yeah. 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 Huh. yeah. Yes. So, this is fascinating. whereas like that temptation is not strong here. Like, yeah. Yeah. because you were slaves, right. Right. don't turn around and make right. slaves. Mm-hmm. There's no one to make slaves yeah. out yeah. in the wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> here, they're just kind of yeah, you're about right. to conquer. No, that's that was a thought because both, yeah. I think, both rationales are crucial, <laughs> right. and they can and they're implicit. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the creation one's not gone, and it's not gone. No, and here it's implicit in the first word yeah. or or the prologue, depending on how you number them. Right. But the first word, as I would think of it, verse two. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out mm-hmm. of the house of mm-hmm. slavery. So mm-hmm. implicitly it's hiding it's behind. Yeah. Yeah. It's the rationale of all yeah. Ten Commandments. Yeah. And he, it's almost as if he doesn't need to remind them of that. Mm-hmm. To look at it the other way, it's just like, yeah, we know we were just in slavery. That was like a couple months ago, right? Whereas like Deuteronomy, it's a whole new generation. They right. actually didn't experience the huh. slavery. Yeah. That's now part of their family narrative, but not their own actual yeah. generational yeah. experience. Yeah. Is that yeah. fair to say? It, it is. It is. It's also interesting that Sabbath as a day of rest is mentioned even before Sinai, yes. right? Yes. When so they're weird. picking yeah. up yeah. manna, right? Mm-hmm. They say, do not 
work on <laughs> that day, right? Yeah, that's true. So it's interesting whether, like, it in a way, if you, you know, as you read, it's like, oh yes, I remember. Yeah. We've just heard about this, you know, just oh, a little that's ago. That's why we're not. And the commandment's right. not completely yeah. out of nowhere. Right. right? Yes. yes. Because so this, now we understand better. Because would I be correct in guessing? Sorry to cut you off. We, we can come mm. back to the rest of the thought. But back to Mandy's observation, first observation when we were talking was the shortness of the latter half. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Would it be fair to say you guys would know the ancient world the way that I don't, but that most of the latter half of the table, the second table, as it was often mm. referred to uh, in some traditions, this is pretty kind of standard fare kinds of things. You might mm-hmm. find parallels to these mm-hmm. in other nations. Whereas like huh. the Sabbath, even honoring your parents, from honoring your parents on, this is kind of more common kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the, 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 obviously the requirement not to carve images is very unique. Mm-hmm. That's very right. strange, yeah. very odd. The, the name of God, though mm-hmm. names matter in general, that's a very special, unique thing. And then obviously the Sabbath keeping. And so mm-hmm. these are the more unique things. So they may require mm-hmm. more exposition. Is sure. that, yes. or is that the and standard longer, way? Yeah. They're yes. longer too. That's what huh. you've got. Yeah. That's the, what I mean. The lengthier yes, right. explanation. Uh-huh. Whereas the rest yeah. is like, you shall not murder. You know what that is. You know that was a rule is. back in Egypt too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They might have applied it different, but you know yeah. that what that means. Oh, interesting. Is that fair hunch? Um, right. Which means then what you mentioned about Sabbath being appearing earlier, the name of God appearing in the Moses scene, in yep. the Bush, Bush scene, mm-hmm. I am um, the, I am. and the, that, uh, that these sorts of things, um, the jealous God, which links up with the defeat of the gods during the plagues, mm-hmm. that in some ways, even though these are new commands, they're, they're not completely out of the blue. They're, mm-hmm. they're sort of codifying the implicit lesson of the narrative up to this point. Yep. Is right, that... so we've already had a relationship, and this is how we've behaved. Yes. Just it so happened we behaved this way, but actually now we're making it, yes. as you said, codified, right? Which so is from important. Now when on, you say it relationship. Will be, yeah, you know, this is how the relation relationship is going to continue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But covenant history is the context for covenant right. command. Like commandment <clears throat> is not abstracted from covenant. We tend to do this when we try to put the Ten Commandments up on walls outside of <laughs> yeah. the right. narrative relationship yeah. with God that's yeah. being that's unfolding. Mm-hmm. And and, yeah. and that's that's what that's why the prologue, the statement is is yeah. important. This is who I am, that's what I have done for you. And all these few words just sets up the relationship in terms of in terms of this is the context in which I'm gonna talk to you because of what I've already done on your behalf. Mm. So it's not it's not um, it's not out of uh, yeah. So air. in the sequence uh, we see in the um, cha- in chapter 19 is where the covenant is established, where you know God says I have. You know, I have brought you out. You have seen what I've done. So you are to me now this particular special chosen people and so on. Then we come to the commandments, right? But then it again ends in a covenant, right? In chapter 24, we come to the uh, confirming of the covenant. Yeah. So, yes, as you just said, the the Ten Commandments are not an abstraction out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. It's all set within the relationship of the covenant. Yeah, and isn't that interesting, too? So he's saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I've pulled you out of slavery to be to do this. You're you're right. you're being freed to follow the commandment. So it's not this this burden then on you. It's it's this is what it looks like to to live free mm-hmm. through this 
Right. This way right here. And I think it, the, um, the order is important, right? What God has done comes first. And then the, yes. so we now have this relationship. Because we have this relationship, this is what you ought to do <laughs> within this relationship. And remember, again, coming to chapter 24, this is all about relationship. This is the DTR. The defining the relationship. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So there you go. Yeah. That's it's right. not like if you want to be my people, this is what you need to do. And if you do it, then I will do it for well, you. You are my people, are therefore. 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 Right. Yeah. Mm. It's a response, not a requirement. Just like with Abraham, right? Yeah. Go, I will bless you, I will do this for you, I'll name I will make your name great. And then he goes. Rather mm -hmm. than well, if you go, then I will do it for right. you. Mm. Right. Right? I've already promised all of this. It's up to you now whether you go or not. I had a teacher in seminary who used to, this is, you're going to hate this because it uses grammar to make a point, but oh, he always called it the, um, he would always say, it's very, it's very good, but I apologize in advance. Uh, it's like the indicatives always come before the imperatives. That's how you, huh. right? Mm -hmm. So the imperatives flow from the indicatives. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he would even reference chapter 19 and chapter 20. Don't invert those, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You know, God establishes the covenant. He says, you are my people. I brought you up by eagle's wings. So he does all the initiative. He establishes the relationship and then invites this response. Oh my goodness. So that, that's why, I mean, I love the thought that I, I don't know when I was first introduced to this thought. And I know there's debate about this and you guys might have opinions. I don't know. Speak into it if you'd like, but of course there's no reference to there being 10 here, mm -hmm. right? That's an emerging later sense. And if you were to, it's not obviously 10, <laughs> it doesn't break up naturally into mm -hmm. 10. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's these debates. And actually one of the the notions that I find so helpful is to think of I am the Lord, your God who brought you up out of Egypt as an, as an importantly, the first word, because mm -hmm. it reinscribes that even the Decalogue, mm -hmm. the first thing is not even an imperative. It's an indicative. Mm -hmm. This is who yeah. I am, yeah. you know, yeah. um, even if we think of that as, you know, commandment zero or something like mm -hmm. that, you know, just to kind of make sure that, cause you can't always read all of chapter 19. And when you're a kid, you might not, you know, you mm -hmm. might not get your kids to memorize chapter 19, right? So you can, whereas you can learn the 10 commandments. So no, I'm thinking the role of professors, uh, how often we have to remind our students to read the introduction first. You don't yes. just start at chapter one, yeah. that right. there's right. actually important things right. there in that yeah. intro. Yeah. It's framing the whole thing. Right. That's right. usually what a good preface does is it tells yeah. you what the whole book's trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And I think that opening line is, Super important in that regard. This is a total curveball back to something from the first section, mm -hmm. but it just dawned on me. Back to your question, Mandy, where they were like, they didn't know how many more there were going to be. Yeah. Like verse 22 explicitly says, Adonai said to Moses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we get that the rest of the time. Anytime it's it's always spoken to mm -hmm. Moses. Whereas verse one, which is, I think what Absin was highlighting, doesn't say to the people. It just says he spoke oh. these words as if anyone listening in, right? And, and it made me suddenly, it, I mean, I, this is maybe blasphemous, but like, I mean, from God's point of view, the whole thing is the law. There's 600 right. some laws right. coming. And I wonder if there's 10, because that's the moment when the people were like, ah, we can't take it anymore. Right. And like, because it's not a divine, like, there's no, at least, I mean, indirectly, of course, God through his providential guidance. This is what, you know, foreknowledge, yada, 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 theologically. Okay, we can solve that, right? But what's interesting to me is the fact that in some sense, it's it's the action of the peoples in awe. 
and worship, but also terror, both sides of, of fear of the Lord, is what kind of creates the sort of literary distinction between mm-hmm. the first ten and everything mm-hmm. left to come. Because there's a, there's a couple. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the next set of the next chap couple chapters are it's pretty continue. random laws. It's not yeah. like there's no reason to think of these as less important. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, God would maybe start at the top with some important <laughs> ones, but I mean, in principle, it could have ended up being fifteen if they could have <laughs> held on a little longer. I don't know. Like, just, I know. Maybe I'm being silly, but it doesn't like. There's not a little. Just there is the prologue. But there's not a kind of little postlude where God says, and these are the first 10. Write these on your arm and I'll give the rest to Moses. It's, whoa, stop. Mm. It's actually the people who set the limit at 10. I I don't know. It's funny. Huh. Maybe I'm being too goofy. But But also in uh, Deuteronomy 5, when Moses comes to this section, he reorders some of this. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, even the order is not as important yeah, as we yeah, think it is, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Basically, if you remember this main things, whichever living, order you will remember them. Because yeah. living, it's more important. Right. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, thought. yeah, I think the, the first two things is, you know, I'm the Lord your God, and you shall have no other gods, right? We'll set everything else in order, mm-hmm. right? If you remember the first, you know. If the most important things are the most important things, everything else will mm-hmm. fall in line. So whichever order they come in is not. And and Paul, and Paul seems to point out that actually coveting it, it worked out well that they that they interrupted God at covet because <laughs> Paul has a comment somewhere I'm trying to remember where it is about coveting and how it's kind of the one that that focuses inwardly because hmm. you kind of think like if you get the coveting thing right, it actually takes care of the previous five right so you can right. work it yeah. kind of from the two ends if you take the first commandment mm-hmm. and the last commandment and start working in you're, you're gonna probably get what you you know what i mean now i'm feeling like a little you know rabbi like what are the what's the greatest <laughs> commandment right <laughs> yeah i've heard that question before yeah yeah didn't that come up once i don't know i think jesus was asked that yeah i think he gave a different answer than i did so i kind of feel guilty now <laughs> speaking of jesus i mean again it's it's interesting, based on the conversation we've been talking about in terms of the giving of the law and all of that, God's speaking to them through Moses, and um, and then he will tell them, you've heard it said, yeah. what I say to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. It's very fundamental when you think about, ultimately, who said it first. It was God who said yeah. it first. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> There's right. some that are from this, from the commandments. Exactly. Not all six. Exactly. But. And it's clear that from at that time, there's been enough in terms of the oral tradition that, that's, that's happening, that has happened, that in terms of him perhaps challenging the Pharisees. But just to think about him re- reimagining this, setting up, these were already very strict, do not kill. Like Again, the, the Hebrew language there is very strong. But then he's setting it up. If, if you even, mm-hmm. you know, don't commit adultery, but if you even think about it, raising that standard, raising that bar is just very interesting. <laughs> even again, the context, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of how Matthew sets it, the mountain, all of right. that kind of reimagining, just reimagining the, the setting and the covenant making and all of that. And, and, and Jesus's first 30 years of life is the equivalent of Exodus. Uh, what is it? Exodus. 
20 verse 20. 12? No, 20 verse 1 and 2. Oh. It's, 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 uh, life is almost his prologue. This is the relationship I have with you, and out of this, I'm giving right. you these commands. Yeah. Oh, oh my, yeah, that's good. And um, I think at some point uh, early on we uh, mentioned this. There is a creation and law come together. They're, hmm. you know, on par with each other, hmm. right? God is the creator God, but he's also the covenant Mm-hmm. God who gives the Lord. And, you know, if you think of Psalm 19, right, it's mm. nicely structured where the first half of the psalm talks about how beautiful the creation is and how much mm. God has done in that. Mm-hmm. And the second part is how beautiful the law is. Mm. Yes. So basically the law and the creation are together, mm. right? And they mm-hmm. come, you know, one comes and out of psalm- the other. 119, it's 172 verses on right. it, and creation never gets that much of praise. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But sorry, then, sorry. you know, no, that's fine. But then uh, going back to Matthew and Jesus, right? When um, he says in 17 and 18, do not think that I have come to abolish the Lord uh-huh. and the prophets. Mm-hmm. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Uh-huh. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear... Not the smallest letter, uh, not the mm-hmm. uh, least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. So once again, the law and the creation are together. That's so good. You cannot think of one apart from each other, from the other. So, and that's why if you break one law, you break all of them. And what if, this, yep. is, this is just dawning on me, I know I made the earlier comment, what if... Jesus Christ, in the context of him coming and letting them know, right? He's, he's Yahweh himself. What if the idea is, you've heard it said, and I say, that I say is actually like God. This is God speaking, like reversing back from the original, right? Just interposing himself with God speaking at Sinai and not just kind of resetting things, but helping them understand that he is he is Yahweh himself speaking to them again. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And a deepening cause so then in some way if covenant is the deepening of creation, then Christ is the deepening of the covenant. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that it's it's yeah. God because yeah. God spoke all things yeah. into existence yeah. in creation. Yeah. God created the heavens and the earth by speaking. And then he speaks yeah. the covenant with its promises and its commands and then speaks yet again. Yeah. It's, it's all of a sudden the, but I say to you is the most important part there. Uh-huh. The parallel in the Johannine literature being the kind of, you know, truly, truly I say to you and the I am statements mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or even in the prologue of John, where it starts with this creational language mm-hmm. of in the beginning, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But it culminates in the first time the name of Jesus appears in the prologue. You know, we always think word made flesh, but still we don't know who this who this is until verse seventeen when it says the law was given, granted, didomi was granted through Moses, but grace and truth came to be again through Jesus Christ, right? And that's where the name and it, and then if it's a chiasm, which I think it is, that puts those in parallel creation. Covenant okay. getting placed in yeah. parallel. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just winging yeah. it now, but I think these are bigger insights. Yeah. That especially if you're if you're preaching. I mean, not to jump too far ahead to preaching, but might as well hint at it as we head that direction. That 
you know, if you're preaching to folks who are not familiar with the Ten Commandments, why not get it right from the beginning by putting them in context? Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. If you're preaching to people who are very familiar with the Ten Commandments, then I think it's worth spending a lot of time locating it in this mm-hmm. larger right. cosmic, covenantal, and Christological context. Because yeah. that actually... And then you can use a couple... And then you walk, you know, you could pick two or three and, and talk about how that makes a difference on how you apply it, mm-hmm. but to not just run into right mm-hmm. to, okay, here's how yeah, to live it, yeah. or here's why, what's wrong with our culture that they don't follow this. Well, of course they don't. They're not in covenant relationship yeah, with God, yeah, right? Yeah. The thought that these commands have any meaning outside of let, that context. Let's, let, let's go with that then. Okay. So if we don't, let's say we don't have any headings in our Bible and we've never heard the phrase, yes. the 10 commandments, and we're reading this for the first time, what, how would we refer to this That's passage? Good. That's an excellent question. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I have a favorite way to do that rule. Wherever I have a break to try to see if there's if there's just an opening line that can function as hmm. a tag, which is how the at least the medievals uh, the chapter numbers were only first starting. They always would refer to passage just by the opening lines. Right. You know, like every famous papal bull is the yeah. first two Latin words, right? Yeah. Um, Laudato si or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if. And God spoke these words, right? Like, that's a great writing, right? (laughs) That's just a great title. And God spoke all these words. You know? That's creation. That's John, right? And it makes the connection. It makes the connection. The words of the Lord. I have a few. As you know, I have some headings crossed out in some in my yes, bible a couple where i cross it out and have a different like like where it says the fall the word doesn't appear yeah so right. i just put i cross it out and i can't remember what i i have different names for that scene or when a G, jacob wrestles with god thanks for giving the story away right? like, like, I, I just say night at the jabbok right that's the title right like you don't but i mean good storytelling yeah, you don't yeah. tell you know, you don't tell people what's going. Yeah. So, so if we're if we're sitting around talking about this passage, or if it's in a movie, and we're saying, "Oh, go back to this part," or the, I mean, oh, well, a movie, then it's the smoke and the light that, too. That's, yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm drawn to the emotion of it. The, the oh, that that time when God thundered and terrified. Well, I'm in Job right now in my personal study. So, parallel, I think there, you know, Adonai speaks out of the whirlwind. Hmm, right. So, like some version of you know, God speaks out of. Out of the thunder, you know, God speaks out of the thunder and lightning or some title like that. Yeah, because if we're thinking about visual crucial as a real experience that we're reading about, I don't think the first thing I'd say would be to talk about the rules. And how many there are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, like, that's what you do when you're five and you're looking for something to say about it. Or if you don't read the book, uh, there's ten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting when this particular title appears, right? Nobody else refers to it this way, right? The Jews would only talk about the words, mm-hmm. right? Words. The, the yeah. ten Same. words. Yeah. So, I don't know. Is it the Greek I doesn't don't use know the history of that? I don't have it. Um, I want to look that up. So maybe Latin. I don't know. Maybe Vulgate. I because stay tuned on social media. I'll follow up on that and have an answer uh, after the episode drops because I don't actually know when that pins and needles when it gets switched to. Right. That it's, term commandments. The ten. The ten language appears. Right. Because Early, no, correct. nowhere in the text we yeah. read the word commandment. Or ten. So, right, or ten. <laughs> <laughs> right? The, you know, God spoke all these words. Yeah. We don't read God spoke all these commandments. Somebody yeah. had to make a decision to call it a commandment. Yeah. Right? So. 
Imagine if, if all of the buildings that we know of that have the Ten Commandments posted on them, it suddenly got swapped with the first two verses. So instead of the Ten Commandments, it's just that, I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt. We've seen that all the time. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's great. That's the gospel. Right? That's, That's just the, the event. Right. Yeah. That puts the, you know... God who brought you out of, out of Egypt, the house of slavery, the one who raised Jesus from the dead. That's who God is. All right. Well, let's take, this is all super good, but let's take a quick break and come back and explore some sermon starters. Sound good? Mm-hmm. Awesome. And we're back. Welcome back to Fresh Text. I'm here with our guest, uh, Larissa and Absin. And Amanda, Amanda Drury, Epson Joseph, Ari Slavichova, and John Drury is me. This is so fun. I've never had like a panel. This is okay. Um, so <clears throat> we're looking at Exodus 20, especially verses 1 through 21, but in its larger context. Uh, let's explore some sermon starters. What, what ideas would you have if you were going to be preaching on this text? What kind of focus would you take? Or what advice might you have for others who might take a different take? We'll just... Uh, Kind of go around and pitch some thoughts. Who wants to go first? I'll go. I'll keep yeah. this one short and sweet. Uh, so I mentioned it earlier. I was, I was joking about the DTR defining the relationship, mm-hmm. but I but I think that's the that might be where I start. I think it's perfect. You could actually. I mean, it could be even fun. You could even tell a DTR story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and, well, I don't uh, have any excited to date anyone. <laughs> <It works. laughs> I don't have a lot either. You just tried to sneak out before yeah, that came. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Usually you can see it coming. That is what's happening tonight. Don't show up. <laughs> don't show up. I'm going to study. <laughs> I mean, we have two couples on a podcast. It seems you know. like maybe we should like be, be, you know, just roll with it. But, you know, did you guys have like a DTR? <laughs> Do you know that? You're familiar with the yeah. expression. We, we right? did. We did. Yeah. It wasn't a walk. It took a several days. I, was, <laughs> I imagine like this. This is on the third day. Right. Yes. Third day. Yes. Yeah. Remember what I said. So you remember a walk, and you say it was a few days. So this yeah. is a couple walks, or oh, we walked a lot. Oh, we, we walked a lot. How long? Because you met in seminary, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And how had you already been kind of hanging around for a while, yeah, or did, it, did the DTR kick about, in quick? Yeah, we we hung out for about six months. Wow. Oh wow. Right. Yeah, not four. Not four. So September to December, we hang out. Things started on four in January. And then the DTR came like mid January. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Three day. (laughs) (laughs) That's even more. Remember what happened on the third new. I've I've hung out with you for all this long. So who are we? (laughs) Well, and it's directly, it's the first commandment then. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's not the first word, but the first commandment, right? The first Mm -hmm. commandment is to have no other gods alongside or before me, which is exactly what's happening in a DTR is we're already having all this wonderful stuff. Now's the moment we say, is it just me or is is this happening? Are you in? Mm-hmm. It's right. no coincidence that idolatry yeah. is going to be equated with adultery. Yeah. 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 That's not a metaphor. It's not a metaphor. That is actually <laughs> that's, real. That's that what's is... happening. <laughs> Ask Hosea. Like, it's like, yeah. why did I have to be a prophet for this God? Hosea, wait, it was a metaphor? <laughs> No, it's real, man. 
No, I think so. Uh, you could preach this not just defining the relationship, but defining the relationships mm-hmm. as a twist later on in terms of it's, nice. this isn't just a relationship with God. He's also you know, giving you, showing you how to have relationships with others. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which again, already being anticipated in the Sabbath command, Mm -hmm. right? Which is the beginning of the turn from the first to second table. Yeah. Because there's the remembering of the day, which we think of as a religious act towards God. But then it's so clearly, you know, on it, you shall do no work. You or your son or your daughter or your male, your female servant or your livestock or your sojourner. Everyone. Nobody. You don't put work. You don't put a burden of work on anyone, even an outsider. Yeah. And that's already making that turn of right relationships with others is precisely how this is expressed. Mm -hmm. That's a clever move. That's yeah. I just thought I'd mention that we don't rigidly locate it in the first half and the second half. Right. That actually there's, um, it's already implicit, I think, in the uh, in the Sabbath command, if not before. Oh man, yeah, the idolatry—that's good, mm-hmm. and they rhyme too, so it must be true. <laughs> <laughs> idolatry is adultery. Yeah, but I think also, you know, we can talk about the the relationship that leads to a certain type of behavior and expected behavior, right? Mm-hmm. And it starts all the way, you know back in creation and creation story, right? God has done so much and then for, you know, created people, you know, put them in this beautiful place. And only then, you know, it's to um, Genesis 16 says, and the Lord commanded, the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of, you know, knowledge of good and evil. So the same Ideas you must not or you shall not, right? The same type of prohibition. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the first commandment actually came uh, much earlier than Mm -hmm. the other Mm -hmm. 11, the other 10, sorry. So, it's the same, you know, God first does something, first establishes a relationship, and only then requires a certain type of behavior. Yeah. So, he's always, he's consistent with how he behaves with people. So. And mm-hmm. you asked a question earlier in the, on the podcast, and I, I don't know language. This is where English fails me to, in terms of how to capture the idea of the background and the context and the story. Because and and almost have to as a pastor preaching this, how do we shift people's understanding of these are not just the Ten Commandments, yeah, but a language that sees that that relationship, that covenant, because the challenge is when you start with the commandment, all you hear are do's and don'ts. Right. Mm-hmm. But before that and beyond it is a God who's calling us into a relationship with him. And the, the things that we do, we do them as a response to a love that's already extended. Yeah. We're not doing it so that you can get something from him. Right. You're doing it because you've already done something. He's already called us to himself. Yeah. And for for us Westlands who like in terms of the life of holiness and all of these different things, while what we do, what's asked of us is the same, the reason why it's asked of us and how we live it out changes completely mm. if we're not doing it to get his favor and doing it because we've earned his favor. Mm. It just changes the way we live. Before we get to the do's and do nots, we need to talk about the the is and the is nots, or the are and the are nots. That's this is that's an indicative versus an imperative. 
<laughs> but sorry, sorry, sorry. But I mean, that's how you could actually put it, right? Where you say you God. No, the is part, right? <laughs> um, the am and the am not, right? Yeah. I am the Lord, your God. Get to know who him. brought you out yeah. of Egypt. So you are no longer a slave, right? To get that yeah. language yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. That the freedom, like you said, the freedom from mm-hmm. slavery has already been established mm-hmm. and is needs to be presumed. Mm-hmm. And then this is the, what the life of freedom for one another looks like. Yeah. So you say, before we get to the do's and don'ts, we need to talk about the, the ams, sure, <laughs> or sure. the ams and, and the mm-hmm. r's or mm-hmm. something, or the yeah. r's and the r nots or something. Yeah. Cause we say do's and don'ts like that's a normal way to speak, but it's not. So yeah. I'm trying to, yeah. trying to create yeah. a new, phrase and i'm yeah. not finding and, the word and, well, in, but. In, a, in a marriage relationship that maybe we see stereotyped on sitcoms where you get married and it's just a bunch of do's and don'ts the ball and chain the oh now i can't sleep with other people the, the um the honeydew list the, yeah 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 that yeah. that sometimes marriage is portrayed that way mm-hmm. that's very shallow unenjoyable it's a burden yeah and that's mm-hmm. not that's not the intent that's not what you want it's not the kind of marriage you want and actually, it's not irrelevant that they're out in the wilderness. And there is, I think, um, to keep that in mind is to say, like, I mean, wilderness is this place of chaos. They 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 were on the underside of the orderliness of Egypt, but it was an order. It was yeah. a cosmos, yeah. not a chaos. They were on the underside of it. Notice yeah. they occasionally yeah. pine for it because yeah. at least they knew where yeah. the bread was coming from. <laughs> and... You know, God's taken them out into this place of just chaos as far as they can understand. Mm-hmm. And so he is offering a kind of order, yeah. right. which is relevant. You know what I mean? Like it can't just be freedom from out of the slavery and now into the wilderness. Okay, have fun. Yeah. Like yeah. that's just death. You're not going to last very long out there. So you need to have an orderly life. Um, you would totally he's inviting be, into you them. would totally be one of the Israelites longing for Egypt. <laughs> Just with your Absolutely, design. totally, yes. And, and yes. So, so I, no, I'm, that's a good I'm insight, seeing, yes. So I'm seeing how something like this... Yeah. So when we went into quarantine, we had to have our Ten Commandments, essentially. Otherwise, it was just this mass chaos mm-hmm. in the house yeah. uh, for you <laughs> yeah. and and uh, half of our children. Uh, yes. Um, yes. But... We have three children, so figure out the math on that. <laughs> Solomon, we're going to split this one in half. Well, oh. one of them is very loud. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and what a gift this would be for, for someone for wallowing. For me, for, for John. Uh, but for, for that, that wallowing in chaos type thing, that this is providing an order and um, a framework a mm-hmm. scaffold. Yeah. But speaking of the relationship, they spent 11 months at Sinai mm-hmm. before they start moving again. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it calls yeah. us from here until like numbers, numbers 10. Yeah. And funny enough, those 11 months. So now uh, someone, this is not original, of course, like the Pentateuch itself covers about 2,700 years. This is 11 months and it's a third Huh. From from wow. here to no, numbers ten hmm. covers a third of that. So thinking about like preparing, yeah. so so this is the premarital council <laughs> period that eventually Israel is going to feel hmm. miserably, but they in the wilderness. But God is taking care for them to actually pause there and stop there to talk to them and make sure that they understand who He is and yeah. and all of so that. This is probably more of a honeymoon period. Yeah, because they've well, already true. covenant. That's true, yes. Well, it's yeah. the first year of marriage, it's which for us was awful. Yeah. 
I mean, anyway, sorry. For us, it was even better. We were apart. <laughs> <laughs> right, it was yeah. peaceful. So you delayed your first year, then, then apparently. You know, it, so... It, and there, this is already three months in. It says on yeah. the third new moon after they went out of the land yeah. of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Right. So that would mm-hmm. be two months. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's already some history building up to it. Mm-hmm. And then this is only the beginning of this of that long sort of consummation. Uh-huh. Go ahead, man. And this is a helpful context for me to keep in mind when, when I'm reading those passages about about God saying, I will speak tenderly to her and draw her into the desert, mm-hmm. which doesn't sound very comforting. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I don't want the desert. I want the... Uh, that does not sound comfortable. But but to see this, that this is the... Uh, this is where he establishes mm-hmm. his relationship mm-hmm. with his people. Yeah. Um, it's so, a second honeymoon to go out yeah, in the wilderness. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why... Um, you know, in Revelation, mm-hmm. right? The what what John you know is seeing is you know the woman in the wilderness, mm-hmm. right? right. It's where a, she's cared for, right? Where she's cared for. It's it's the place of comfort, of strengthening. I don't, don't remember that part. Make your point. I'm sorry. But. Your intertextual yeah. husbands over here. Right. Kind of like, Ooh, let's make a connection. <laughs> so, a desert is actually a good place. The only order. Right. The only time when desert is is used in a negative sense is when the uh, the scapegoat is released. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Into right. the wilderness. That's where it's a it has a bad connotation. Yeah. Other than that, it's always. You're all right. A period of um, forming. Testing, but forming it something positive yeah, coming out. Hagar going off into the desert, and right? And that's exactly where God meets her, right? Mm-hmm. So it's 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 good thing, but there's and it's still an element of surprise and paradox in there because it's terrifying to right. because you also can go out in wilderness to die, um, like you said with the scapegoat. But even that is performing a good function, right? Um, one thousand two hundred and sixty days. There's a way to divide that to get something significant, but we won't talk about yeah. that. <laughs> For a time, a time, and half a time? Uh-huh. Is that what that means? Yeah. What's a time mean? Oh, my brain came oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even... It's Revelation 12. We don't need that. That's Alexa. That's, that's, that's... <laughs> in Another podcast. In Revelation numbers are used figuratively and yeah. metaphorically, yes. so let's not... Let's but, do, often re- should... but often referencing stuff like yeah. this. You should so do a whole honest. podcast with Alexa. <laughs> see if you can, can have a whole conversation and ask questions and see what... That's actually really funny. That's why I said it. Yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with what we were talking about, though, so maybe we can uh, tune back in. Echo, what are the Ten Commandments? According to Wikipedia, the Ten Commandments, also known in Christianity as the Decalogue, are a set of biblical principles relating to ethics and worship. These are fundamental to both Judaism and Christianity. The text of the Ten Commandments appears twice in the Hebrew Bible. Echo. At Exodus 22 to 17 and Deuteronomy 5. Oh, no. I'm going to say it. Modern scholarship has found likely influences in Hittite and Mesopotamian laws and treaties. You lost me. You lost me in Wikipedia. Okay. Here's Mary Me. Mary Parson Brown. Parson Brown. Sorry, you got cold feet. I'm waiting you are ready. We're talking about marriage. <laughs> okay, Todd and Eric, you decide how much of that to leave in or take out. <laughs> oh, man. If you just okay, leave it. it was, cold you know, feet, marriage. She got funny, right? You yeah. got cold feet. 
She heard. She was listening. She was that, listening. To she's always listening. She's yeah, listening to that, marriage right? metaphor, right? She's always Her on. Her BTR with us. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh man, this is funny. Wow. Well, any uh, any further thoughts, uh, words of advice, words of warning? We didn't get to my favorite verse. Let's, Let's do it. it. Let's talk about it right now. That has, and, and actually, this is a good way to end because it's the last verse. Verse 21. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's such a descriptive uh, phrase. And, and I love thinking about that both from the people's point of view, you know, just kind of watching him go off. The <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then also from Moses' perspective, too. Like, I, I could see this going either way, where either he's, this is a mic drop moment for him, like, okay, now I'm, I'm this is my, my grand exit. Or or maybe he's terrified walking into this thick uh-huh. darkness. <laughs> the, it's a lot the, of trust. Yeah, the, the Indiana Jones, the penitent man, the penitent man. <laughs> yeah. Only the penitent man shall pass. Only the penitent man shall pass. But the, I just, I love the images of that. I feel like you could you could uh, really get a lot of emotion out of that single verse. In the thick darkness where God was, that God is residing in the darkness here, mm-hmm. which has come up before. But uh, well, paralleling the wilderness, right? You're expecting you're expecting wilderness to be this place of exposure mm-hmm. and 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 risk and death, but it ends up being this place of life and and relationship. And the same way, you're expecting, you know. God's revelation to come as light that shines and clarifies, yeah, you know, yeah. but it's actually this, this thick darkness, uh, where God was. And so he, he <laughs> enters into it as they stand at a distance mm-hmm. and then God picks up where he left off. This you shall say to the people of Israel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think the speaking again comes up. You see for yourself how I spoke with you from heaven. Don't make it alongside me, gods or silver. And then it dawns on me, <clears throat> God needed to speak to them because the other gods they serve yeah. don't, huh. they don't talk. Mm. And that sets them apart. Yeah, like appears a number of places in the Psalms and Isaiah where it's like, you know, they have eyes, but they cannot they see. Cannot see they yeah. Yeah. Cannot, they cannot mouth, but, but he, they cannot speak, which is he, always the... Yeah, but he does. Yeah. So he's different. So then even, again, in the context of preaching, right? What does it mean for us? as pastors and mediators to approach that darkness and to mediate. But when are, when is it important for us mm. to step out and allow the people to experience God for themselves? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Because there's a, there's an element in the relationship that, that requires for them to hear God. It, it's going to scare them. Yeah. But it's necessary yeah. for that awesomeness that will then help them in terms of how they live. Remember that delirious song from when we were in college? Which it has the I love to hear the singers oh, dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love totally. this, I love that. And then but the chorus is the refrain is, but most of all, I love to hear the voice of God, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of yeah. that above all else, there's all the other stuff we do mm-hmm. in worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But hearing the voice of God is the thing that matters most. Mm-hmm. And to recognize that there's a place for all the other trappings. Mm-hmm. That's us helping people to 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 put the word of God into practice and embodied and responding to it and worship and life and but there's just the most important thing of all is from time to time actually mm-hmm. <laughs> hearing for yourself. Uh, and in the meantime, remembering right. like you were mm-hmm. mentioning earlier, 
to come back to say, no, God has spoken. And this was for all to listen, like verse one had. God spoke all these words, not to Moses, not just to these people either, to anyone. I mean, I think it's implied as this text has been handed on. Mm -hmm. These are for everybody, Mm -hmm. you know. So maybe this is a good way to end because we're finally going to shut up and let the listener listen to God. (laughs) Listen for God. Have you followed? <laughs> yeah. we, we I'm silence. walking to the thick dark. <laughs> <laughs> right, here we go. Well, thank you so much, Amanda and Lara and Absin. And thank you to all our listeners uh, for chiming in. We appreciate it so much. Thanks to Todd and Eric for the production work. I can't imagine doing this without them. Thanks to Tom Adamson for donating the theme music. And with that said, we say have a good preach and a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.